Welcome to the Nativist Podcast. We tap into our instinct and natural power to live intuitively. The ultimate goal is to leave the world healthier and more beautiful than we found it. It all starts on the individual level, cultivating our mind-body connection. Whether you're on a healing journey or just want to look and feel your best, I hope by the end you feel a little happier, a little more inspired, and a little more invested in yourself and the world. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Nativist Podcast. And today's guest is the beautiful, the magnificent, and phenomenal Saren DeSaris. What is up, girl? <laughs> what is up? I'm just laughing at that introduction because it was so sweet. Thank you. I sound like I am in a carnival. <laughs> <laughs> How fun does that sound? Like, I want to be in a carnival right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The magnificent Saren. <laughs> That did sound, oh my gosh, like I'm introducing like an acrobat. Now you got Well, I can. I did do gymnastics, so I guess that's a disclaimer. And you're a yogi. You know yeah. how to work. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so Saren has her own podcast, so I'll have her tell you about that. And she first reached out on Instagram, so that's how we first connected. And I am so excited that she did. The minute that she reached out, I could tell. We were of the same tribe, and she um, had me on her podcast, and we talked a little bit about some really good stuff, so you'll have to check out that episode, and I'll let her give you some background about herself and share her story. Yeah. So I travel and I do carnivals, and... <laughs> <laughs> now you do. Now you really need to consider that career move. Yeah. yeah. Um, so first of all, thank you for having me on. I love chatting mm -hmm. with you. And actually, Whitney, everyone, was my first guest on my podcast, and it was such an amazing way to start my guest journey because she was just such an amazing guest. <laughs> so honored. Thank you. And how good of a podcast voice does she have, you guys? Uh you know what? Everyone tells me that. So thank you. It was very sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. So Aww. yeah, um, I do have my own podcast. It's called Soul Speak, the podcast. So speak as in la 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 speaking. Soul Speak, the podcast. And that was birthed from my company called the Soul Speak Company. And basically wow. that is a platform that I created to run events and um, coaching originally. So that's where I got the name from. And I will say right now, it's kind of, uh, there's some rearrangement going on in, in that little arena. So some rebranding and some change, but the Soul Speak podcast is still out and that is the, the big thing right now. So yeah, but my background is actually in marketing. I went to college to Purdue University in Indiana. I'm from the Chicago area, so I went to Purdue for marketing, and I actually worked at a radio station when I was in school, so I have worked in radio a bit. I ended up working for... Um, one of my favorite childhood stations, well, they're not really, it's not really childhood. It's, you know, one of those like local pop and hip hop stations. Yeah, um, yeah. And they were through CBS radio. So I actually worked with them after I graduated and did events and promotions with them. And I loved it. I met the Backstreet Boys. It was just a wonderful job. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So 
that was a dream come true. I was very starstruck, <laughs> starstruck when I saw them. But, um, and I got to rub, I rubbed Nick, Car- Car- rubbed Nick Carter's back accidentally, which was just so, so terrible, but so great. I want to take it back. We accidentally on purpose. I want to hear that. <laughs> well, we took a picture with them. And of course I went to go stand right next to Nick, my love. And said something to him after the picture. And I just started like rubbing his back while I was talking because I do that to everyone. I just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry. I just like really rubbed your back. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good story. I mean, if you're going to rub somebody's back, it better be Nick Carter's. Yeah. I know. Sure. I'm regretting not scratching it for him, but that's okay. <laughs> Maybe next time. <laughs> Everybody loved it. Secretly loved it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so I did that for a while and, um, yeah, so my background is in marketing, but I love, I've always loved speaking and having a microphone in my hands and just talking and sharing with people. And so, um, yeah, I, somewhere along the way, just started doing some public speaking and running some workshops for groups of young women on, uh, it started off being relationship to food and body. So talked a lot about, you know, just yourself and shared my own journey with um, yourself as in the people that were there, but um, talked about my own journey with uh, disordered eating and chronic illness and how I removed myself from that toxic relationship with food and uh, my body. And um, then it kind of grew into just me doing a couple other entrepreneurial ventures and coaching. And um, yeah, I also teach yoga and Pilates. So I do that. But I guess I should add a couple months ago, aka last October, and now it is um, 2019. Of, yeah, so a long time ago. I um, moved to Raleigh, North Carolina, and I kind of just picked up and moved and uh, found some work out here and it has been a crazy, crazy journey. And it, the journey is still not over because I'm still, or actually just now really kind of coming out of a lot of craziness that I've gone through since being here. And, um, yeah, I, so I'm out here now and working on a couple things and that's just a really brief generic overview. (laughs) So many things that I want to dive into with that. So first of all, what jumps out at me the most is your evolution with your healing journey. So tell us about that and your history with your relationship to food and how that has developed and grown. Mm. Whatever you can still sharing. Yeah, no, hey, I am an open book. So here we go. (laughs) I, um, Yeah, that's like, it's food is so close to my heart, first of all, and my body. I love food so much. I have been cooking since the age of like 10, watching Food Network shows and then just cooking these deluxe meals in the kitchen. I love food. And my body, I hadn't really come to really love love and find this special relationship with it until maybe honestly about like two years ago, two or three years ago where I really, really respect it and love it and love the grace and the beauty it brings and just everything about it. And those relationships with food and my body are still growing, but, um, really my, 
Oh, oh, sorry, I wanted to say, what a great adjective. I love that you said, um, well, not adjective, but I love that you said you respect your body. Hmm. That's so funny that you caught that. I didn't even, I don't even remember saying that. <laughs> and I think that's key for a lot of people. That's, that's what was key for me. So go ahead. Yeah. Respecting your body is important because it's not like, I mean, we're treating it. It's our home. So that's a, yeah. Um, so la, 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 basically my whole life, I was very in a place of trying to be someone I wasn't. And that can go in a whole, a whole different direction of a conversation. But that also came with, you know, my body and how I um, treated it and how I felt about it and how I felt about myself. And uh, it went out in different ways and all these different things. But really, um, my relationship with food, I would always just kind of, you know, eat and overeat and just, just eat. I really didn't think about it until maybe when I got to be about, um, end of high school slash college, I started eating more and kind of finding these binging patterns that I was more aware of and, uh, being hard on myself about. And really, part of it started, there are two factors here. So one was overwhelm. When I was overwhelmed with something, it could have been my schoolwork or like a family situation or just myself. And I kind of wanted to block out the world and just block out life. I was just eating. And that's something I was not aware of at that point. But, um, you know, years later, I realized that that's what I was doing and just almost like an alcoholic, just wanting to kind of close down and shut shut out whatever was in front of me and mask it. So basically putting on a mask. And I would say part two of why the binge eating uh, pattern started was because I was going through a lot of like drinking and over drinking and going out and partying and like I had a fake ID. So it started before I turned 21. And it was like a cycle where I basically would um, you know, eat, eat so minimally, minimally, that's a word during the week. (laughs) And, um, I would just, you know, try and look so good for the weekend. And then I'd go out basically like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday would come along and that would just be like it, my go-to day of, nah, I'm just going to eat whatever I want. And I would literally eat whatever I wanted. I would just spend so much money even on food and like go, this would be an example, like this actually happened. I'd go to like a Mexican place and get it to go like taco order with rice and beans and then I'd scarf it down and then I'd feel like, oh, I need something sweet now. I'd go get like a tub of ice cream and literally eat all of that ice cream. And if you saw what I look like, you would be like, no way. But seriously, guys, I could I, I want to do an eating contest because I would so win. I would crush it. So so I, um, yeah, I, that became a cycle. And then I would feel like, you know, I just keep doing it because I realized, Hey, you know, I already ate this giant burrito. And so I am going to just keep going and I'm not going to stop because it already happened and the day is already ruined. So I'm going to keep going. And then it would get to a point where I was literally sick and I, um, Ooh, I forgot a big portion of this. So, um, 
basically it would come back up. So some background on that is I was uh, diagnosed, air quotes, with uh, ulcerative colitis, which is basically like Crohn's disease. It's um, irritable bowel disease, IBD. And basically like part of my colon is infected and doesn't work. Uh, so I was diagnosed with that when I was 18 and then I was okay for a while. I was on some random medications and then um, I got really sick when I was about, let's see, 22 and I started like getting 105 degree fevers every day and I had that happening for about a month and then I was finally like put into the hospital. I was being monitored, but I finally went to the hospital because my heart rate was so high and I was just so dehydrated. And um, then I was there for a week and then I was moved to University of Chicago and I was there for almost a month. And then I was released and um, that actually happened a second time. But from this time, uh, I came out of there because I wasn't eating, right? Like that whole month I was sick. I was just, until I felt better, I couldn't eat. And um, I was eating basically like broth was my meal. And so I lost like 30 pounds and was so skinny and um, which I secretly enjoyed, right? Because <laughs> I was, had that uh, obsession with my body. But um, when I left the hospital and I was eating like normal again, I remember my first big meal that I had, it was a holiday and a Jewish holiday. And I had, we'd fasted and then there's a break the fast. So I didn't fast, but I just like was at the break the fast and ate all this food. And I just remember coming home and sitting in my room with a cup because I literally felt like my food was coming back up. I was not throwing it up, but my food was not, it was coming up like undigested. And Basically, yeah, what this is, is, um, oh, what is it called? Uh, I can't remember, but it's basically what cows do. Uh, regurgitation syndrome. No, not regurgitate. Maybe it is. I don't remember. What cows do. Their food just comes back up, you know, and they eat it. But it was basically me doing that without eating my food again, which would be disgusting. And so uh, that was just happening. And, like, this wasn't something I was really hiding. Like, my parents knew about it and not a lot of my friends, but, um, it was just happening and I didn't know why. And it's basically cause my stomach forgot how to keep food down. So fast forward back to where I was that like binge eating pattern that I had somewhere along the way developed combined with this, um, food coming up stuff. My mind starts to rely on my food coming up and just kind of know, even though I didn't make myself throw up ever, I knew, Hey, like if I eat like a million things today, it's probably going to come up. Like I knew that subconsciously and it did. And then, so it was a cycle. Like I would eat like crazy and then it would come up. I would feel like crap because I was just laying in my bed. This like would happen all the time. Like I would just be laying in my bed feel disgusting, feel like so like shit about myself, being so mean to myself. And then it would start over again. Like that next week, I would just be so, so like restrictive with what I was eating. And then it would just happen again, always telling myself that was the last time, this is it, blah, blah, blah. And it would really get in the way of like my life because 
I, you know, if a friend asks me on Tuesday, hey, you want to go get a margarita or hey, you want to go get something to eat or want to go swimming? I would say no because I would feel like fat and disgusting and like shit from that Sunday. <laughs> and eventually it just grew where it was happening multiple times a week. And um, it just was not good. And I felt so trapped. It's such, a, and anyone that can relate to this knows that feeling of trapped. And yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I know we talked about it. Um, yeah, it's not a good feeling. And so I started reaching out to some people who did like coaching on, uh, eating disorder coaching, because basically that's what I was doing. I had like bulimia, which I don't like to label it. I don't like to say, you know, I had bulimia. I had these patterns going on, but that was not who I was. I was not a bulimic. So I reached out to a um, coach and her name was Polly and she lived in California and we worked out a trade where I was doing some marketing for her and she was helping me or like coaching me for free. And we literally like that dynamic didn't really work well, but um, we only had a couple sessions and something shifted in me and something made me decide that um, just it wasn't worth it. And it made me really look at food as my fuel and what I was putting into my body. But I think more so um, I started looking or listening to my intuition and listening to how I wanted to feel because I knew those disgusting, terrible feelings I was feeling after eating boatloads of food. Um, and I just was tired of that and I didn't want it anymore. And so something shifted and I, I feel like I've been blabbing forever, but I do want to add um, you know, it's, it's not over. Like it never ends. Those patterns just don't end. Like with me being here in Raleigh, like with a big move that I had and moving somewhere, I didn't know anyone living on my own. Those habits came up so, so giantly, gigantically, um, when I got here because I would get home and I'd be like, well, what am I going to do now? It's like five o'clock and I'm just home. And I'd like, I found myself grabbing for food and kind of falling back into those habits. So the difference is though that I'm coming into it with these tools and this armor and knowing like these patterns and knowing knowing these tools that I came away with. And really for anyone that's listening that can relate to any of this, that's all that you need to remember is that it's going to happen again because you are a human, but you grow every time and you have these tools and it's just about choosing again. It's about choosing again. And that is like my biggest lesson with it. It's about choosing again and forgiving yourself because that's just all you could do. <laughs> so that's yes. my long-winded answer. <laughs> no, I absolutely love that. And again, so many things to touch on with that. Thank you for sharing that, first of all. And yes, absolutely can relate to that trapped feeling. And I like how you don't let the labels define you. Mm. And I like pointed out that it is a reality of life. If you've experienced it once, you're more than likely going to experience it again. And so sometimes that can seem a little daunting and frustrating and disheartening. But if you remove that power and like you said, just know that you have the tools, you can do it and you can do it again. And I think that awareness also is important too. And cultivating that respect for your body and 
that respect for your body and its intelligence. And I am so with you on tapping into your intuition and drawing strength from that and letting that guide you. That was instrumental in my recovery and healing and just knowing that my intuition, my body will tell me what it wants. And it's stepping out of your mind and not intellectualizing food intake and making food your drug and your medicine and stepping back into your intuition, I think is so phenomenally powerful. Yeah. And it's, it's not easy. It's not an easy thing. And you're not always there when you want to be there. So it's also about just being easy on yourself and finding, finding that compassion. Compassion is huge with it all too, with anything. Yes. So true. Compassion. And there's a quote that I, let's hear it. You know, I love my quotes. (laughs) Um, I think it said like, I love every cell of my body and it was kind of like a mantra or an affirmation. Yeah. I really love, I feel like it's resetting and I feel like it, really nurtures acceptance. So if you learn to accept your body, whatever state it's in and not resist it and not defy it, I think that can be so powerful. And it just really was, like I said, like reorienting and resetting for me when I just learned to just accept every part of my body and accept every cell. And then that kind of gets you on the same team as your body. And that really helps you tap into your intuition too. Instead of like, Oh, I hate my body. Or why do I keep doing this? Or why can't it look this way? Or why can't it feel this way? Or why can't it do these things? And instead like gets you back on team yourself and te- your own body, your own body's team and helps you work with it instead of against it. Yeah. I like that. Work with it instead of against it because ultimately <laughs> Like I said at the beginning, it's your home. It's where you live. It is. And it's so smart and so intelligent. I think it kind of defies belief. I mean, defies our own understanding how truly intelligent our body is and all that it can do. And it listens to everything that you say and everything that you do. And it's reflected. Your biology becomes your, but your biography becomes your biology actually and vice versa. And so just knowing how intricately they're connected your mind, your body, all of it. Mm. And just, I mean, you can't fool your body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, I think that like in my own journey that like I mentioned, I teach yoga. So I did go through yoga training, but I've always loved being physical and working out. And I used to do gymnastics. I love dancing. I loved like lifting weights, running. And, um, really my yoga practice has connected me so deeply to my body And, um, I honestly, though I teach yoga and though I do yoga, I hate being one of those people that put it upon other people. Like, yeah, do yoga. It'll fix you. It'll carry you. It'll make you feel great. I'm just saying for me, like it connects me so much to my body and allow it's allowed me to just know my body even more and just myself. And, um, I first started my yoga training because I was going to this hot yoga place that I loved and I loved what it was doing for my body and um, my mind, how it was making me feel. And um, so I just kind of did my yoga training. I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't even think I want to teach it. I'm just going to do it. And I look now, I look back now at like so many reasons as to why I did do it and, um, or just that came into fruition. And, uh, yeah, it's so it I came out of the program 
liking slow yoga and going into the program, liking that fast paced, crazy yoga. So it really was kind of an awesome turnaround. So when you got into yoga, what prompted you to start doing yoga and to start learning about yoga? What led to that? Well, um, I mean, I tried it before. I've always been a Pilates girl. I loved Pilates and I tried yoga once and I remember not really liking it, thinking it was too slow because I was always like a very type A person. And like I said, yeah, so um, like I said, I started going to this hot yoga place and I just really loved what it was doing for me. And it just made me kind of I liked the way I was feeling while I was doing it. And then that's really what immersed me. But on the side, like I've always loved um, this kind of spiritual world. And uh, I've, I think that I used to be a little afraid to tap into it because I was just afraid or embarrassed or just, you know, afraid to be myself. Like I said, I was always kind of um, when I was growing up, I noticed patterns of myself trying to be someone I wasn't. So it was just this whole like unraveling of getting to know myself. And that can be terrifying. Really? Yeah. I mean, we're all doing it. We're all still doing it. (laughs) And it's a constant journey, just like with anything else. It's a constant, constant journey. Yeah. And I don't think you'll ever fully, I mean, depending on your beliefs, I guess, if you reach enlightenment or whatever you believe, but constantly, even if you think that you know yourself well in and out, I think there's still little corners that you can find things that you develop or discover about yourself. And so I think it's constantly like taking time, whatever your practice is, whether it's yoga, whether it's conventional meditation, moving meditation, whatever it is, taking that time and connecting with yourself, I think is paramount. Yeah, I agree. And you know, that makes me think of this too, that it's almost like, why would you want to say that you're at the, you know, you're like, you're there, you've reached a whatever, because then it's putting yourself in a box and you're not giving yourself room to explore like all of these wonderful things that you might not have been open to seeing. Right. Absolutely. That's such a good point. I love that. Okay, so thank you for sharing your story, and are you ready for some rapid-fire questions? Oh, yeah. Fire me. Yeah. Okay, so these are just random, and I just pull whatever. I have a list, and I'm constantly adding to it throughout my day. I'll just be at work, or I'll be driving or doing something. I pull over. I'm putting safety first, but I always am adding to this list, and so... During podcasts, I just scroll through it and whatever jumps out at me is what I go with. Yay. So hmm, what terrifies you? I know that we just talked about delving into ourselves, but what, if you had to choose one thing right now, what terrifies you? Hmm. Okay. So I'm going to say two things because I'll say something deep and then something like conventional. So Um, like insects, because literally the other night, this cockroach flew into my apartment and I do not, I've never seen a cockroach before. (laughs) And it was the biggest thing. It was so weird because I was with someone and we were talking about cockroaches. I'm like, I've never (laughs) seen one in my life in person. And then this giant thing like bounced off Uh, the ceiling and I was like, I hate them. They're disgusting. (laughs) 
terrifying. You like summoned it, like manifested. I, apparently, like that was just weird. I don't know. So it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be the first one, and then I think like the biggest thing I am terrified um, right now, currently, the first thing that comes to my mind would be of being to um, being to. I guess how can I put this in words? Um, being, being too, too much, (laughs) too much. And I guess the way to describe that would be like putting myself out there and really, really like putting who I am and what I want to do and just like embracing me and these things that I love and can offer and feeling like I am being too self-absorbed. Oh yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. I, and so it almost uh, like makes me want to hold back and yeah, so that's my current <laughs> deep. Yeah. I, okay. So this reminds me of a conversation that I had with a friend this weekend, mm. kind of in the same vein, kind of not, it just kind of triggered this thought. So we were talking about how in relationships in friendships in life in general, we find ourselves like she and I specifically find ourselves holding ourselves back. Mm. So fully revealing all of ourselves and not fully investing in whatever relationship or friendship or situation that we're in. Do you ever find yourself doing that? Do you feel like you hold yourself? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. I think that um, a big thing I've learned about that is, well, first, actually, I want to say, I just realized I literally just recorded an episode about this. My last episode Um, was about honesty. So being honest with yourself about how you feel and honest with others and relationships. So like, um, you know, if you really like someone in a relationship, be honest, allow yourself to really feel that and just tell them instead of having all these fears come up and things and like what ifs and unknowns. And like, if you really are happy about where you are in life, literally allow yourself to feel fool it and just be happy instead of coming up with all these things and reasons why you shouldn't be and why you're not allowed to be. And it's so hard. It really is. And um, I can so relate, like, especially in relationships. It's, I, I'm so hard on myself about, am I being my true self? Am I like being as fun as I could be? Am I holding myself back? But Something big I've learned too is that like every relationship is different. Every person is different, every type of relationship. So like I do this all the time. You can't compare everyone to your best friend and how you are with your best friend because oftentimes you're just like sisters with them. Like I compare pe- compare my relationships to how I am with my sister. I'm, I love how I am with her and it makes me mad sometimes that I can't be like that with everyone. I know you can relate. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's and that's something that I've really had to stay aware of and cultivate over my life is just maintaining that authenticity. Not even that you're trying to be like disingenuine or inauthentic. Sometimes it's not even like a conscious effort or not effort, that's the wrong word, but sometimes it's not even conscious and sometimes it's subconscious. But yeah, I think just owning yourself and owning your personality and that that can come with time um some people are more predispositioned for that but then also i think 
tell me if you feel the same way, that comes with age also. And that's one of the things that I've loved about getting older. I love getting older. It's been fantastic. Um, and you just start to step more and more into yourself and own yourself, even if you felt authentic before. Like, it just is enhanced and it's amplified. And I absolutely love it. How do you feel about getting older? Do you feel like it's been the same effect? Oh my God. I totally agree. Like I think about where I am now in my life and it just makes me so excited about where I'll be in 10 years because I'm not like a Buddha or anything and I have so much to learn, but like I, I, I deeply appreciate where I am in my life, even when I'm like really hard on myself about where I am. Um, and I'm just like a day is a lot, you know, like you learn so much in one day and grow so much in one day and think about yourself in like 10 years and it's just amazing. I, I do love growing and I love, but I, I will say that's also a fear. That's a huge fear of mine, Whitney, actually, because I am still unraveling these pieces of me and um, I'm actually kind of in a really big place of like, I don't even, I know what I want and I don't know what I want and I know who I am and I don't know who I am because I'm a little scared to tap into these sides that haven't always felt like who I am. And, um, part of that is just being easy on myself and knowing that you can like be, you don't have to be just one thing. It's not black or white. Yes, yes, yes. And I, oh my God, so many things I want to say about. (laughs) (laughs) Then it like starts to overwhelm me. I'm like, oh, and then we could go here and then we could go here. So I'm trying to think of, um, what you said. So yeah, that is, a legitimate fear that I can understand. Completely. Can we like connect on that then real quick? Cause that has like been my biggest thing is like, I am so scared of, I've always been such like the outgoing crazy, but I'm finding myself like in certain situations, not, <laughs> and it scares me, but yeah. I am in other situations. Like it's not leaving me that piece of me who I am. Like you never right. know who you are at your core. No. And you're multifaceted. And sometimes I feel like a walking contradiction with some things. I felt a lot like that when I was younger more so. But sometimes I'm super outgoing. Sometimes I'm much more reserved. Sometimes I'm this. Sometimes I'm that. Sometimes I'm more of this. Sometimes I'm more of that. And a lot of times um, I found myself, I automatically, and this may not be what exactly you were talking about, but I'm going to say it anyways. So I feel like sometimes I well, every time I balance the energy in the room, whatever the energy is in the room, I automatically, um, I don't even mean to do it. It's just kind of automatic. It doesn't mean that I'm disingenuine or not authentic because I'm still being my true self. But let's say that you're super outgoing or super aggressive or you're super loud or bold. I would automatically draw back and just be more chill and reserved and easygoing. Um, and then vice versa. And it just, I found that about myself. And that was really um, a window into how I am when I, when I realized that, because that answered why I felt so incongruous in different situations. And that made sense to me. Do you ever feel like you balance the energy? Yeah, I do. Yeah, Um, yeah, I do. Sometimes I do feel like that. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And I feel like kind of, and I know that this is not quite touching on what exactly you had talked about, but again, I'm going to go with it anyway. So learning about yourself and growing and evolving and discovering parts of yourself and 
learning about life and growing in general isn't linear. And sometimes you learn lessons and then you relearn lessons and that circles back to your relationship with your body. You can have a solid relationship with your body right now and then let's say in five years, you all of a sudden have a moment with it again and it's not as solid and then you have to relearn those lessons and redevelop that relationship and it just seems like life is not linear and it's all over the place and I think it's granting yourself grace to know that just because you feel like you've mastered one lesson doesn't mean that you failed if you have to revisit that lesson and you have to just know that life is messy and the wild the ride can be wild and it's okay if you revisit some places and hopefully you're moving forward and making more um, steps ahead than back but just yeah. knowing that you, you do go back. Yeah. I, um, something I've really learned too is flow basically is just flowing with everything that is in front of you and like flowing with it and taking it and just literally like a wave flowing with it and just, you know, riding with it and knowing like, Hey, I'm here. And then I'll just be tossed almost like Tarzan, you know, like jumping from one rope to the other things just flow and nothing is forever and things are temporary. Yes. Yes, exactly. And sometimes that can be comforting and sometimes that can be a little terrifying, but I think the thought of things forever is a little terrifying to me. <laughs> it really is. You're right. Especially when it's what well, I don't like to like label emotions, but negative or positive emotions, you know, but just knowing it's all temporary the good will pass and the bad will pass and the good will come back around the bad too, but so will the good and just enjoying the ride. Yeah. Yeah. And just, yeah. And, um, I feel like I, another quote again, um, I read a quote and I read it a while ago and it, I just saw it again lately and it just really resonated with me that some years are answer years overall. This is generally speaking, and then some years are question years mm. and it doesn't necessarily have to be limited to, to years um, or extended to years. It could also be limited to just like periods, maybe just like a portion of the year. Um, and I feel like I personally right now I'm in kind of like a question phase where everything is on the table. Like nothing is for sure. Nothing is certain. And you're just kind of like an exploratory phase where you just don't have any certainties anymore. And what you thought you knew about life is maybe questionable now. And do you ever feel like that? Have you ever uh, related to that? Oh, yeah. I feel like that right now, like in the deepest way that I could ever have felt like it. And I was thinking about it today, actually, because last year I thought like last year was kind of crazy. And but it was a good it was a great year. So great. This year, like, is just crazy. And I was thinking about it because I remember thinking at the end of last year, like, yeah, last year was just preparation. And then this year is going to be a lot of like fruition. Like a lot of things are going to be coming into fruition and developed. And um, I think that, that that has happened in some ways, but not in the ways that I was picturing. And, um, and then I started thinking, okay, Saren, it's literally like only half of the year. There's a whole other half. Like, who knows yeah. what's going to happen in that half and like, don't give up or like, don't just label it done. And yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm definitely in that just a lot of uncertainty and 
trying to find the love in it, the enjoyment and the Yes. <laughs> yes. I love that. Yes, absolutely. Um, and that was, I try to do a ripple effect every week. And that was the one that I wanted to do for this week, actually. Um, it's just finding the fun, finding the love and finding the fun in just your day to day and the tasks that you don't want to do and the things that are a pain in the ass to do and all of it, just finding fun in all of it, just finding a way to see the love and have some fun and kind of touching back on like what we said um, about non-attachment, things come and go and finding the flow of just life and letting it flow and just trusting that it's in a flow. You're in the flow. Um, everything has a purpose and a process and just riding with it instead of resisting it. Not labeling things. Yeah, exactly. Not labeling, not laughing, yeah. labeling. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So let's do a couple more questions. Gosh, this time just blew by. <laughs> okay. So what's the riskiest thing you've ever done? The riskiest thing I've ever done. Hmm. Uh, well, I guess the biggest riskiest thing I've done lately that I could think of is just moving <laughs> without knowing yeah. anyone and having a job and yeah. That's risky business for sure. <laughs> it was really risky. Yeah, how yeah. boring is that though when you do it? How what? How empowering is that when you do that? You take a big leap like that. You know, it is empowering. Actually, I will add, like, last year um, I went out to North Carolina just, like, to take a trip just to check it out because I was like, I feel like I want to go here and just look at different cities. So I literally went on a two-week trip alone and had no idea what I was doing and, like, booked Airbnbs, like, while I was out here and wow. a friend in Asheville, which is amazing. It's where the mountains are. And I really didn't Ooh. have plans. So I guess that's kind of risky. And that was so rewarding and so wonderful and so empowering. And um, so if anyone just hasn't taken a trip by themselves, I so, so uh, encourage it. And yeah, I feel like, like I said, I'm still kind of going through, I'm just coming out of mud in a lot of areas here. And uh, not that it's been like terrible here, but it's just been challenging. And so I feel like I'm still waiting to see what that giant rewarding feeling is here, at least for this Good part. For you. That's, yeah. That's always been on my list is to take a trip by myself. So snaps for you, sister, for doing <laughs> Thanks. it. Thanks. I awesome. definitely recommend it. Even if it's just a weekend trip. Yeah, 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 totally. Okay, so last question, biggest question. Oh, God, let's hear it. your message to the world? What's my message to the world? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me smile. Um, <laughs> I guess my message would be to, to just get to know yourself, know who you are and to listen to your intuition. And that's why soul speak is my podcast because the most important thing with everything, every facet of your life is just hearing yourself, hearing yourself, knowing yourself and getting to know yourself, being in that place of discomfort and uncomfortable like emotions, like these questions that we're talking about right now, right? These are really uncomfortable, but yeah. challenging yourself and getting to know yourself and being with yourself like is key, is number one to everything. It starts with you. Everything starts with you. 
absolutely, this world would absolutely be a better place if everybody did that, don't you think? I think so, but everyone does it when they're ready. And Thank you. Yes, it is. It is. Okay, well, tell people where they can find you. Please. Yes, yes. So you can find me. Well, you can find my podcast, which is Soul Speak the Podcast. And you can find me on Instagram, which just search my name. My name is Saren DeSaren. We didn't put a disclaimer in this that my name looks like Karen, but it says Saren. <laughs> Look up uh, in the title or wherever Whitney puts my name. And, uh, yes, all of this will be in the show notes. Yes, and, um, and my website is thesoulspeakco.com, and I actually have something that I guess I will share with everyone. Um, I just yes. built this program that I'm going to be doing live in person the first round, but I actually want to do it um, globally, aka um, wherever. So what it is, is it's called I Already Am. And it's basically a four-week individual and group confidence and clarity program. So um, it's a combination of individual and group coaching. And what we will do is um, kind of allow like, you know, things like this, right? Us together talking right now is so, it's such a growing, it, it enables growth, right? Like being vulnerable with other people and it just showing, you know, showing up with other people. So that was kind of my idea for this. And it's structured around four things. So each week is going to be focused on a different thing. And those are clarity, vulnerability, compassion, and permission. So it's really for anyone who um, knows they have that potential and that, um, what is the word I would say, untapped potential and power within them and um, wants a way just to unleash it. So if anyone's interested in that, they can find me on Instagram and DM me or go to my website and contact me through there. Yes, you guys, don't miss the opportunity. <laughs> that sounds amazing. So cool. Okay, you're a gem. Thank you you're so a much. Gem. <laughs> and everybody, thank you for listening and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Remember to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review.